It kills me, but I'm losing my voice as I'm recording this right now. I'm James Van Ossel. It is Carcone Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. And this week, well, it's, it's a fun episode. First of all, Sherry Shaw jumped in the car. Sherry is also known as Staria. She's also the person responsible for all the music tied to Billy Corgan's wrestling endeavors, whether it was Impact or the current NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. It's back. Uh, Sherry jumped in my car at Madame Zuzu's Tea House in Highland Park, which Billy Corgan owns. And we enjoyed some vegan and gluten-free delights in my car. And about 15 or 20 minutes into the conversation, Zuzu's owner, Billy Corgan, jumped in the car too. And I talked to Billy about his recent solo album, which is really good, OG Lala, and the NWA, and Pumpkins, and other stuff too. And as I was driving to record the podcast, I thought there was a chance, remote, but I thought there was a chance that Billy might be part of the podcast. It was never a guarantee. Uh, So as I was driving over, I started going back through the Pumpkins catalog. I mean, whenever I do an interview, I like going back, kind of re-immersing myself in that artist's music. So I was listening to all the old Pumpkin stuff. I was listening to Zwan. I was listening to OG Lala, listening to Corgan's last solo album, just catching up. And I did it all because I have unlimited data, courtesy of Boost Mobile. In fact, Boost Mobile's in the holiday spirit. Right now, if you buy one phone, you get one free. It's a holiday, buy one, get one, free phone. Plus, when you switch to Boost's family plan, you get five lines for just 100 bucks per month, each with unlimited gigs. So, yeah, the show is brought to you by Boost Mobile. It is Sherry Shaw and the iconic rock star Billy Corgan in my Mazda 3. It's Car Con Carne. Uh, so we're at Madame Zuzu's, the tea house in Highland Park, owned by rock icon, Billy Corgan. Get out. It's true. Billy Corgan owns the joint. Holy cow. It's true. And uh, look at these trays that you get your food on. Very fancy. Very fancy. Uh, you're a regular here, aren't you, Sherry? Um, well, sure. Sure you are. I don't know are. if I'd call myself a regular. I'm not like Norm at Cheers, but I do enjoy... They know you by name. ...a good Zuzu's tea. So, and we both have a good Zuzu's tea... Uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking the vanilla bean non-caffeinated hot tea. I'm drinking the extremely caffeinated. Uh, it's a mint tea. I forgot what she said the name of it was. It was a green tea. It's a green tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I told you I was going to forget names when I came out here. This is delicious. Sorry. Now, the thing about Billy, uh, he's apparently very healthy because all the food in there is healthy. It's all vegan and vegetarian. Yes. Vegan, but honestly... And I don't eat that way. I'm not as... I eat gluten-free, but not vegan. And you can't tell the difference. It's all so, so yummy. Well, so for today, I got myself a pickle sandwich. This is a real thing. I've never had a pickle sandwich in my life. I like pickles. I'm pretty sure that's Billy's favorite thing is on really? the menu. Yes. I like pickles, and I like sandwiches. I'm going to try the pickle sandwich. Okay. All right. Go for it. So, Zuzu's, it is the strangest thing to be coming through Highland Park... And here this place is. It's this very cool, vibey... It's a tea house, but, you know, it's very clearly Billy's place. You see pumpkin stuff right. all over it. But it smells nice. There's cool food. It's just a cool place to hang. Antiques. Antiques. It's just a, a neat place. And it, you would never guess just driving by... I don't even know what street this is. We're by Ravinia. Very close to Ravinia. We could walk there. We could. 
Uh, but this is lovely. All right, the pickle sandwich is delicious. It's made with a veganaise, a vegan mayonnaise. Can you tell it's vegan? No. Hmm. I really can't. I really, and I don't like mayonnaise as a rule, but this is very tasty. Mm-hmm. I went with desserts today. Mm-hmm. I'll share it with you. Vegan-free and gluten-free mm-hmm. brownies. And then this is my favorite. I eat this every time I come. This is the pumpkin spice with chocolate chips bread. Can I try the pumpkin? Yeah, do it. All right. Now tell me that you that that tastes like it's vegan or gluten-free or anything. No. No. It's sweet. If you didn't tell me, I'd have no idea. Right. I would truly have no idea. There's chocolate are awesome. in here. Or is it actually chocolate? Well, it, whatever chocolate yeah. is vegan and gluten-free, so probably not. This is really chocolate good. Chocolate chocolate. This is really, I, I would never guess. I know, I told you. Their desserts are awesome. And Zuzu's, uh, the hours are, they have early hours on weekdays. Mm-hmm. And you should check, you should come You should come here. Um but check the hours before you come. This is a worthwhile trip. You could camp out here for hours. I mean, I really... They have local musicians. Mm-hmm. They have psychics. They have magic. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy they have Self. magic? Yeah, they have magicians, authors, all kinds of stuff. And Billy, Billy will stop by in every once in a while and play and surprise people. And he's got half his record collection for sale in there. Well, probably not half because he's got a lot of records, mm-hmm. but you can buy his stuff. and So he occasionally art. shows up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I was at Ditka's a couple months ago and Ditka was there. I'm like, all right, I got what I paid for. Right. Ditka's at the restaurant. It was funny because I was here the other day with him a couple weeks ago before his tour, and I was telling him his show in Chicago was the night before, mm-hmm. and I was there, and I was telling him about these two um, guys that were sitting behind me at the show that every time a new note of a song started they would lose it like it was christmas morning like they were like oh billy i love you like just freaking mm-hmm. out like they were having the time of their life so i'm telling them about all these these two guys that would just made my night because it was so fun to be with somebody that was mm-hmm. around someone that was so excited to be there and we're at the tea house and we're about to leave and this guy comes up real you know sheepishly he's like Billy, I'm a huge fan. I'm here from Miami. You know, could I please take a picture with you? And a lot of times he says no just because it kind of opens up a can of worms mm-hmm. here. It depends. And he said yeah. And then the guy looked at me and goes, I was sitting behind you at the show last night. And I was like, these are the guys. <laughs> like, I was just talking about you for 10 minutes. And they were like, what? That was cute. What are, but what, what are the chances of that? That's adorable. For real. It's cute, right? That's adorable. Uh, those were good shows, too, at the Athenaeum. That's a cool place, huh? Never been. I mean, either. I didn't I, know it existed. I only recently learned how to spell it. Yeah, I, I still That's don't know. A little bit of a challenge. Though. Hit it. Hit it. Go. A T H A N. Wait, F? Wait, no. <laughs> yeah, there's no I'm F on. in there, and I wouldn't know. You should just went with it because I wouldn't have known if you were F correct or A-N-E-U-M? not. A N E U M? Is that it? I'm terrible. Nobody I, cares. If I were writing it, I could do it. It's, it's, it's the spelling bee thing you put me into. I couldn't work around. Right. Got it. Uh, all right. So you, the reason why we're talking about Billy Corgan in connection with you, I mean, it seems, I don't want to be dismissive of you as an artist, but you work with Billy. I do. You are part of his wrestling empire <laughs> uh, and have been for a while. Yes. You make music for his, previously for TNA. Correct. And moving ahead with NWA. 
That's pretty awesome. The NWA. The NWA. The. I want to be clear. When I was a kid, NWA was like the cool territory wrestling program that I always wanted to see more of, but I couldn't. And everybody watched it. Everybody. If you were a wrestling (coughs) fan, that's how you became a wrestling fan. Well, sure. When I was a kid, we'd go to the Rexall Drugs on Dempster Street and Niles Center in Skokie. We'd buy Pro Wrestling Illustrated off the shelf. Adorable. And I'd see pictures of like Harley Race or the Road Warriors or Ric Flair. And I'm like, oh, that is so cool. But, you know, here in Chicago is all AWA. Right. And the occasional WWF on USA. Uh, So NWA was something we didn't really, maybe on TBS we started to see it, but it was always like this elusive, it was always perceived as the coolest. Right. Of the cool. Right. And then it went away. And now it's back. It's back. It, I mean, it. it's kind of lived on in various, you know, forms and fashions, but Billy is taking it back to its original form, to where it should be, where the greats like Ric Flair, you know, the champions that every wrestler now looks up to and is their inspiration, they've all held that belt. And it's, it's a big deal. And, and I think that's why we've had such positive responses because everybody that's in the business now is so connected to the NWA. It's a powerful brand. It is a very powerful brand. And they want it to succeed because it brings back so much of their childhood and so much of why they got into this business in the first sure. place. So it's... I'm so stoked. I can't wait. Did we talk about this last time we were here? Was it all new? I, I don't know if it was even... I don't... I think it was... No, last time I talked to you when I met you here at Zuzu's, I think you said, yeah, Billy's got some stuff going on. He's, you this know, is he, the stuff. It's good stuff. I, I, I think you said, yeah, I think he wants to get back into the world of wrestling. I think he has some plans. That's where we left it. Yeah, this is the plan. NWA. All right, so my conversation with Sherry uh, will continue in podcast form from Madam Zuzu's, and it'll be available on carconcarney.com. Uh, next Monday, so the Monday after Thanksgiving, the day before my birthday, Sherry Shaw. Oh, it's yes. my birthday present to you. You're so kind. Happy uh, birthday. All right, so we don't have the annoying video in our way anymore. I like the video. I know, but it's weird eating on video. I always feel really self self-conscious doing that. You know? Is that you? Well, you should really get over that <coughs> since you have a food podcast. Point well taken. Just saying. Uh, so musically, you know, we kind of talked about what you do with... Billy, um, but musically, you are Staria. Two S's, Staria. Yes. What's going on with your project? Well, Staria's kind of morphed into something a little different than the last time we talked. Um, it was, wait, wait, really? Because it hasn't been that long. Yeah, well, it was kind of... So Staria is like my baby, right? Mm-hmm. It's always been me and my partner, Brian Light, and... I love doing music with him, but he also has a project of his own called Delta S that is super good, and he's really been focusing on that a lot. So I've kind of more started into it's me and then who's ever, whoever I'm working with at the time. Okay. Um, so I will still continue to write with Brian, of course, always, and um, worked with some guys from the U.K. and Howie Benno, as you know, uh, Chicagoan extraordinaire um we've done some stuff but it's really odd because howie and i both have really like truly industrial chicago music roots no doubt we're talking we hung out at medusa's and like like we're heavy into it he's worked with ministry Mm -hmm. there's there's it's just in our bones and yet when we write together it's the pop we we can only write pop 
It's very strange. It's yeah, like it naturally progresses to pop. I don't know if the two industrial things like cancel each other out and then we're it's all It's like matter and antimatter. Yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. It's good pop, but you wouldn't expect it from the two of us. But yeah, so that we got a new song coming out with him called Cry Wolf. It's pretty awesome. It's maybe one of the, one of my favorite songs I've ever done. Well, and you did a great job on the video for Sober. Oh, thank you. That was You the spent best some time on that. Oh. I cannot tell you how fun it was. I walked in from hair and makeup. We walked, We rented um, a penthouse out in Schaumburg, which is a suburb out here. And it was like the presidential penthouse or whatever. And I walked in, and I'd seen it before, but this time when I walked in, there was equipment everywhere. And we had like a crew of like 35 people. For real? All there to make this video with me. It was so humbling and so awesome at the same time because I couldn't believe that people were there working all day shooting to like four in the morning for this like it was so humbling but yet it was like it was like I've waited for this moment my entire life and I could not wait to just soak in every detail I just wanted to go by in slow motion because it was just such an incredible day to finally get to do some I mean I've done little videos here and there sure. and then of course with my band but this was my, all for me and it was so awesome and nobody's watching it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like the internet. It like you know, a thousand people watch it right away, and then everybody gets distracted because there's something shiny over here. Yeah, it's it's, it's very hard. hard to stay yeah. in in people's minds right now because everybody's moving at a thousand miles an hour. Oh, I get it. I mean, I, I see that with this podcast. I totally get it. It sucks. Well, it's cool, and you know, it's evergreen. It'll be there forever. Right. Maybe it doesn't completely go over now. But it could in a month from now or six months from now. True. But it, it's super cool and people should check it out. Thank I, you. And knowing you know the amount of work you put in uh, working with Billy, do you kind of need to, and this is a weird way to say it, but do you kind of need to do that just to kind of have your own art, artistry? Yeah, I mean, he's super cool with whatever I do. He supports whatever I do and and would probably like me to just stay writing wrestling music forever sure. but for me you know I get a lot of well, why isn't Billy writing the music for the wrestling company or who is this girl or it's hard to balance that because you work for one of the most famous rock star musicians yeah ever who sold millions and millions of records and here's a little old me with my little bleeps and blops and <laughs> you know it's like presenting a painting to like Van Gogh that I did in like crayon you know it's really hard I'm used to it now I'm over it now but in the beginning it was just like oh I can't do this um but to have my own identity and to have something outside of the wrestling business is super important to me because that's always going to be my number one passion my the thing that I'll always dive into and and love and live out wrestling is just I love wrestling so to be able to take my music into that business is like the best like there's like four people that write truly write wrestling music yeah for a job so i'm glad that i get to be one of those it's super cool <laughs> you know as excited as i am about the nwa i think my almost 16 year old son is more excited really he loves independent wrestling he loves the idea he loves billy corgan he loves the idea of this he's so pumped for this has he watched the 10 pounds of gold series i don't think he has Okay, so David Lagana, who is Billy's partner mm -hmm. in the NWA, he's worked for WWE. He was recently at Impact. He's written episodes of Friends. Like, he's just got a really cool resume. He um, he's done these little documentaries. I shouldn't say little short documentaries mm -hmm. um, about 
us acquiring the NWA and then Tim Storm, who was the champion sure. when we when we got the company, and um, we've kept the belt on him. He's got an incredible story. He's in his fifties. Mm-hmm. He could kick both of our butts with his hand tied behind his it. back. He looks amazing. He's a grandpa. Um, but age is almost irrelevant in wrestling, right? I mean, if you t- if you take care of yourself, yeah. it can be really irrelevant. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that are still in the business that are older yeah. that have kind of had their their run. But this is Tim's first time kind of being thrust into the spotlight with this because with with Billy buying the company and him being the first champ. Everybody's watching him. And yeah. at first, everybody was like, who's this guy? We've never heard of this guy. He's old. He can't probably even get into the ring. It was just, like, awful. And then as these videos started to come out and people started to hear his story and how much he's respected the business and that belt that he has, it was like this 180 where everybody is just, like, so behind Tim Storm, who they knew nothing about right. a week before, and we just were in LA. Billy had a show, and then um, we did a championship match um, out in Ho- at Hollywood Wrestling Championship Wrestling, and Tim had a challenge um, from Nick Aldis. He was formerly mm-hmm. in another companies, and the the support online and in the internet community was so behind Tim, and he, people were even saying like. Two weeks ago, I didn't even know who he was, and now it's like he has to win this match or I'm going to freak out. It was so awesome, and these videos just kind of go through his his time as champ and now being the champ, being a junior high school teacher. Oh, I can't even stand it. I love him. He's like a living Pixar movie. He's just so adorable. Um, and then on to Nick wanting this belt, mm-hmm. who's this is this is it for him. This is the gold he wants. It's just been such an incredible journey, and the videos are just going viral. Yeah, and well, that's the whole mo behind NWA. Absolutely, we we don't want to have a boss anymore. We've done that. Billy and I have been in two places where we weren't fully in charge of what we were going on. I mean, one mm-hmm. was we had AMC telling us what to do, and then yeah. we had Impact and that whole fiasco. Now Billy's got nothing. He's got nobody above his head to say yes, no, maybe. This is it's so the vision him. is pure. It's pure. It's him. We don't, we're in no rush. Um, we want to do it right. We want to do it. I, for I was going to say it doesn't seem like you're in a rush. Like it's no. been a very methodical and slow rollout. Because we want we just want to get it right. You only mm-hmm. have one chance to reboot Agreed. a company like this. And so, I mean, of course, we're gonna we're gonna have mishaps and we're gonna probably you know make some choices that we go back and fix. But we want to be behind and. And into every decision that we're making, mm-hmm. Billy. Billy always says he's got a twenty-year plan for this, and and I love that because it's just, we're in the for the long haul. Yeah. And the people that I work with will be together with throughout this whole thing together. So it's it's such a comforting feeling because this business can be you know a little on the shady side. Don't if that's a big I, secret or not. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm I'm so comfortable in my skin in this environment, and it's hard as a woman to be in this environment. And then to be a musician in this environment yeah. on top of it. But, you know, I work with all guys, but they're all my friends. And, and um, I just have a ton of respect for me. And I can't wait to take this where Billy sees it. Because he sees things a little differently than the rest of us. He, he It's like he sees in, like, this weird, really smart person universe that we can't get, quite comprehend. So I can't wait to see where it goes especially since it's it's just been very recently um put out there and the response has just been incredible i i can't wait to see a card 
me neither. But I'm thinking, I think March-ish is when really? we're going to start. That's not far at all. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Um, maybe Sometime in March, the future. Hypothetically. In theory. <laughs> yes. If one were to do something like that, maybe March, it could happen then. March would be a good time. Uh-huh. But we, you know, it, nothing's going to be behind a paywall when we start. We want people good. to get the content. We want people to be excited about the content. Um, and Dave Lagana is doing a great job of keeping everybody up to speed at what we're doing, you know, just keep poking in because we got it. We we'll never know where we'll pop up. We were just at a House of Hardcore show last night. Mm-hmm. The champ came out, offered Tommy Dreamer an open invitation to challenge him for the belt in Philadelphia. So you never know where we're gonna hop up, out and around. So pay attention. All right. So NWA. Yes. Is in motion. Yes. How busy are you now? Now that it's kind of ramping up. You know, I'm not. Not real busy yet. We're working on a main theme for the the whole production, and obviously I've done Tim Storm's themes and mm-hmm. Nick Aldis themes. But um, I am not going to be doing all the themes this time around, and I'm very Are you excited have a staff? about that. A staff of musicians? No. What I really would like to do, um, it was kind of originally Billy's idea, is is help out um, some artists that are starting out and and want to kind of share promotion with us and and i i'm excited because when i need a rock song i don't have to pretend to be a rock artist right i get that and i can get something more authentic and cool and help other people out that you know have have been wanting to do this for a long time and i think it's going to be really cool and and it'll mix up the variety a bit and um so i'm super stoked because i'm going to have more hats on my head than i'm going to know what to do with it oh, I, bet. Way, I bet so um, I'll still write music, but it just won't be for everybody. And and I'm really stoked. I'm hoping to get Zoe Wise, who you had on before, and love Zoe Wise. Yeah, I mean, just just fun people that I know that just are passionate. about You know music. everybody though. I don't really know everybody. I kind of have I kind of have like that Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. degree because Billy knows everybody, or they know Billy. So I feel like I'm a step away from everybody, yes. but I'm really not. Like Miley Cyrus tweeted him the other day because he did a cover of a Wrecking, Wrecking Ball, Ball, which is awesome. It's so funny. I love it so much. And he sends that stuff to me, like the Miley tweets, because he knows <laughs> I care about that stuff. And not that he doesn't care, but he knows that I pop for that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So he's like, so Miley tweeted me today. No big deal. That's awesome. Because he knows, like, I'll flip out and be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so awesome. Um, so I feel like, well, she kind of tweeted me, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense, by extension. <laughs> so, yeah, new music, new new people getting involved. and I think that's a really good strategy. I'm excited. And even, even more established artists that people, you know, love their song and they might have an attachment to a certain wrestler that we bring in. Who knows? I mean, I like not having the boundary of, of that. So, well, I think it's also important to be distinct as you move forward with NWA. Everyone knows what the big wrestling company does right now. Right. I think not being that company is a good thing. Right. And not following that same path or pattern. Everybody can have a spot at the dance. Absolutely. We just want, we have a different vision. And I mean, nobody, nobody will ever be that big company because they, they're a machine and they're mm-hmm. amazing at what they do. And, that, and I love that product. You know, I watch mm-hmm. it all the time. That's why I, you know, am in this business. But we just, want to do something different and I think 
fans like different. Yeah, yeah. fans like, want variety. You don't fans. watch one TV show or listen to one band. You I love to pizza, but I'm not going to eat pizza every night. I would. Okay, bad example. I love tacos, but I could. I don't want to eat tacos every no, night. No, yeah, agreed. Pizza, maybe. You know, here's my issue. I really don't even care who makes the pizza. I can eat really crappy pizza and still be kind of happy. There's really no thing as a bad pizza. You know, I go to a lot of young kids' parties, which is creepy. But no, I go because <laughs> I have a small child. Um, <laughs> that just sounded wrong. Are okay, you talking like Chuck E. Cheese yeah, type of parties? Uh, back in the day, sure. But but these days, when you know you throw a party for a bunch of 10 to 12-year-olds, all right, we're just going to get a bunch of pizzas from Little Caesars. Every now and then, I'll have a piece of Little Caesars and think, yeah, that wasn't terrible. I like Little Caesars <laughs> yeah. pizza. Yeah, that wasn't bad. It's pe- it, There's pizza and then there's pizza. Right. Like Little Caesars, all that stuff, that's pizza. Right. Then you have like your Lou Malnati's. Now that's pizza. That's pizza. Malnati's and Pequod's are my favorites. Pizza. All right. So, Sherry, where can people find out more about Staria? Staria.com, Twitter, Instagram. I haven't figured out the Instagram thing yet. I'm really bad at it. So if you... But you're like a a selfie-taking wizard. I can take a selfie. Don't get me wrong. But I I can't seem to be interesting on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, I'm fine. I I don't have a lot of followers, but if you check my follower list, it is quality, quality (laughs) followers. I mean, we're talking like Stephen Piercy from Rat. I don't know why he follows me, but he does. That's that's huge. Joey Fatone from NSYNC. Damn. Yeah, like I have, I have, I have quality over quantity. <laughs> Go check it out. Ebola yeah. follows me. Who does? Ebola. Ebola. Yeah, the disease. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's great. It does, but I don't know why. I don't have a single hemorrhagic virus following me on Twitter, so you are <laughs> clearly a step ahead. That's fantastic. So you, this is what you got to do: <coughs> follow Sherry on Instagram. Okay. Well, that's one. Okay. You have to go watch the 10 Pounds of Gold the series for the NWA. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the YouTube? Yes, YouTube mm-hmm. or Facebook page or Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you are going to play a little clip of my oh, new yeah. song. Is that cool if I do that on a podcast? Yes, of course. Called Cry Wolf. All right, so it's a clip. Uh, what, this is like The Tonight Show. Uh, tell, me about the, tell me about what we're about to hear, Sherry Chung. Well, it's a song about a girl that got hurt by a guy that was always lying to her. And, uh, so it's something that no one can relate to, is nothing, what you're telling me. Absolutely yeah. nothing. <laughs> and it's about him crying wolf over and over. You know the liars. It's like an anthem for the girls that have been lied to over and over again, and they just can't. They can't take it anymore.
All right, so before we wrap up, I wanted to mention, do you have any shows coming up? I Astoria? do not. Okay. Astoria is, is a non-touring entity right now. We're just working on music and licensing and wrestling. And Okay, here's, oh, here's where things take a, a strange turn. Right now. Uh, Billy Corgan is approaching the car. Great. Now everybody's going to find out I don't really work for Billy no, Corgan. No, no, you totally work for Billy Corgan. Uh, this is happening. Come on in. Hey, Billy. Get in the back. This looks so sketch. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's not, it's not sketchy. It's branded. It'd be sketchier if there wasn't a logo on the car, right? How are you? I'm fine, thanks. It's, it's just, <laughs> I think the fact that Sherry's wearing sunglasses and... And the black Zuzu's hat. Yeah, there's something sort of off about the whole thing. Uh, nice to see you. Thank thanks, you. Thanks I'm, for jumping I'm, in. I'm a germaphobe. So That's good. I understand. Hence the fist bump. No, I, w- I want you to be healthy. I am. Uh, so, do you mind if we Facebook Live for a couple seconds? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let me get, let me get ready. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could type like a millennial. All right, so it's funny. We, uh, we're we ordering our food, and we're waiting for it. And is it Kelsey inside, Sherry? I think it's Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey. Um, she said, so a podcast, are you doing that to appeal to millennials? Like, <laughs> and immediately I felt like I was 500 years old. Like, well, yeah, Trust be, me, I, I live it every day with yeah. these employees. <laughs> like, yeah, it would be great if millennials listened to the podcast, but no, it's it's this is kind of the evolution of radio, and this is, come yeah, on. She also asked me yesterday what I thought about whether Paul McCartney was the fake Paul McCartney and the real Paul McCartney had died. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have enough problems with conspiracy theories, so. <laughs> We're starting live video. And look, it's William Patrick Corgan in the front seat. Hi. But there's no viewers yet. Well, it takes a while. And here's the thing. This this will live for a while. So even if people miss it when it's live, they'll see it eventually. Not that you're not a true professional, but true professionals in this medium usually wait till about 500 people show up. Okay. Well, I'm so clearly, currently we have only, one. You're the only person that can get 500 It's us yeah. and Bill Danker. <laughs> That's right. But here's the thing, Billy. I'm Bill a mic- Danker, I think, was originally in uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company. He was. He was. Uh, I'm a micro-influencer, so you're not going to see the 500 people right away i think technically i'm, I'm micro. That's a micro that's a new term I've, i haven't heard that oh yeah it, it's for people like me who don't have say a, a billy corgan a, a type of audience you couldn't cause a riot but you could possibly cause a stampede exactly so really this is carcon corgan at this point this is great yeah i feel there's something sort of really creepy about this whole setup i have to tell you though so we're in front of your place madame zuzu's that part's not creepy no <laughs> But the car is parked in front. I think it would be creepier if the car weren't loaded with the Boost Mobile logo. It looks legit-ish. I see what you mean. You're up to five viewers. See, we're off. We're off. You sure, money. you don't want to go on my page. <laughs> well, actually, we've lost a viewer. Wow, that's impressive. Dave Trumpio, former Chicagoan producer, King Size Sound Labs. Nice to see him oh. online. Um, I think the last time I interviewed you was 17 years ago. I, I swear, I think it was 17 years ago at the United Center. Oh, well, when we talked backstage about but right before the the United Center show. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, what's been going on since then? Anything? Not much. I kind of faded from view and just become a meme. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about. It. I'm surprised you even brought that up. Yeah, I'm just a meme now. I, you know, you. I seem, used to be mean. Now I'm just a meme. You seem, you know, along those lines. You seem very comfortable with who you are in the modern day, with your level of celebrity. It took me a while to kind of figure out that the internet wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And once I figured that out, I just went to back to my old way of thinking, which is the world is sort of weird. 
um, <laughs> you can participate in it, but don't get in too deep, and certainly don't try to please the mob because the mob isn't really interested in sort of art. It's interested in moments, and art can have moments, but by and large, art isn't always with the times. It's just not the way it works. So once I kind of figured that out, I got a lot more relaxed, and I kind of went back to my old way of thinking, and things seemed to get better. So I want to talk about NWA. I want to talk about wrestling. Uh, but I do also want to talk about the Athenaeum show. I thought it was great. Oh, thank you, yeah. You know, I think it, it's... Did you see night one or two? I'm sorry, I don't remember. I was there night two. Mm-hmm. I was there 1979 night. Yeah, that's the second night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of ballsy for a performer to play a new album start to finish. I think it's it's almost like a risk. For some reason, it didn't feel like a risk because Rick did such a good job of putting together the album for mm-hmm. me or on my behalf that I felt sort of like I had his cover. So it was like I didn't feel like it was much as my decision as his in that way. So I felt very comfortable with the, the form. It has a great flow. And this is this is really like your Americana album. I don't know about Americana, but yeah, I mean, it's very much in line with trying to sort of find some sort of balanced critique of where America is and where America was and where America's going. And um, I found myself inspired where normally if I look at American culture, I find myself disappointed or or not inspired. So I was able to find inspiration in the culture in a way that was felt fresh. And you covered Neil Young, which was cool. Yes, although he's Canadian, so that doesn't count as Americana. <laughs> that is true. So you seem like a very busy person right now. You're getting the NWA off the ground. Let's take a step back. When you were a kid, I mean, we both grew up in the area. Were you that guy watching all, all what is it, all-star wrestling on Sunday mornings, the AWA show? Uh, I mostly watched the Bob Luce um, television show. It's which like I Dick believe, the Bruiser and the Crusher. Yeah, it was, I believe it was Channel 26 yeah. at the time. Um, and I've since bought... Uh, for people who don't know much about the wrestling side of my life, I bought Bob Luce's memorabilia. So I have all his scripts and his personal notes and pictures and all sorts of things um, from his family who um, still lives sort of in the area. So, um, yeah, I grew up on that. And, of course, I saw the other stuff, the WWF stuff and, and then the, the Ganya stuff out of Minnesota. But for the most part, it was the Bob Luce Crusher stuff that, that sort of really connected with me because it was so localized. Mm-hmm. It was very focused on Chicago, selling tickets at Chicago. They would do shows at the International Amphitheater. Right. And um, it's pretty crazy. I, I have a plaque somewhere that I inherited with Mr. Luce's stuff. I think they sold out 143 International Amphitheaters in a row. That's amazing. And I think it was 14,000 capacity. So put that in perspective. I mean, if they were doing one show a month how many months that is. I mean, it was over 10 years of sellouts. It's pretty incredible business. So do you remember, what was the first wrestling show or card you went to? Actually, I, it's kind of a funny part of my life. As much as I'm into rock and roll and wrestling, obviously, um, I never got to see shows when I was a kid. So I never saw, like, I still kick myself for not seeing, like, Ozzy Blizzard of Oz era with Randy Rhodes, and I still kick myself for not get, going to see, you know, one of those cards at the International Amphitheater when I was 10 or 12 because it just wasn't on the cards for me to go... Um, my family didn't have a lot of money. We didn't do a lot of stuff like that. So, I remember as a kid, we'd go to the AWA cards at uh, the Pavil- uh, USC Pavilion. Uh, so I'd see like Nick Bockwinkel. I saw Hulk Hogan before he went to the WWF. Are you too cold? I don't like. It. I just I don't, fixed it. I want you to be comfortable. You're a guest in my car, and that's Sherry Shaw in the back seat too. I should mention. I got pushed to the back, but it's okay. She's she's the person responsible for these 21 viewers. 
Don't get hung up on the viewers. It's it's all <laughs> it's all a slow burn. Yeah, what, what, slow burn. I think the Seth Godin line is small groups of highly interested people. This is a group of highly interested people. This is a small group of hardly interested people. <laughs> no, it's not true. I mean, this is not a Tonight Show audience, but it's something. <laughs> no comment. No comment. All right, so you, the NWA, I, I was telling Sherry earlier. NWA Wrestling, for those who don't know what he's talking right. about, not the rap group. Right, so Ice Cube is not part of the new project. would love him to be involved. I mean, that would be a nice That'd synergy. Be That'd be awesome. I actually got to meet uh, Mr. Cube about a year or so ago. Very nice person. I remember... Um, Back in the Q101 days, I interviewed Ice Cube, and he came in. This was my first time experiencing a rap entourage. Like, usually if the Pumpkins came to the radio station, it was just the Yeah, Pumpkins. we had no entourage. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it was Cube and a bunch of big dudes, and it was intimidating as anything. And it, it's yeah. a different world. Uh, sorry, so NWA, the wrestling company, the National Wrestling Alliance, you bought the NWA. Yeah. And I was telling Sherry earlier, I mean, when I was a kid... We'd go to the Rexall Drugstore, and we'd buy Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And I'd see Ric Flair or Harley Race or the Road Warriors on the cover. And the NWA always had a something, a mystique, an appeal. It was the cool territory. It was the cool wrestling. Yeah, when people say old school, they, they really are ultimately thinking of the NWA. Um, it was long-running. The AWA sprung from the NWA. Mm-hmm. The, the loose promotion in Chicago, which was owned by Vern Gagne and, and Dick the Bruiser, sprung from the NWA. Um, the WWE was at one point part of the NWA, back when they were the WWF, or mm-hmm. even there was another name even before that, um, when Vince McMahon Sr. was involved in the NWA. Um, so when people point to old school wrestling, they're talking about the NWA. So to inherit that legacy and now try to reboot the business is quite humbling and it's cool journey so far so this is you know for all even though it's this historic brand for all intents and purposes this is a startup and a startup means Uh, i don't know about that because it's really weird because a lot of people question our sanity when we went out and and bought the nwa brand and one of my intentions was every time i did anything wrestling it was always rock star wrestling and i thought by getting in behind the nwa it would be the nwa and then my name and that's Mm -hmm. That's proven to be a good thing because I really want it to be about the talent and I really mm-hmm. want it to be about the stories. So what we've seen so far is by having some infrastructure, some uh, capital behind uh, the brand, people are kind of reconnecting the history quite readily and quickly bypassing my role in it, which is exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. So a startup, I think you'd have to spend two years to answer the question, so why are you in wrestling for the 17th year in a row? Um <laughs> Even when I was on Joe Rogan uh, podcast the other day, he was like, how many more years are they going to write this article about you involved in wrestling? It's like, it's not even a big deal anymore. Um, so the good news is the NWA is a brand and, and the legacy is penetrating maybe places where normally I wouldn't uh, get name checked. Uh, it's created a lot of good debate and, uh, and also this opportunity of, can you take something that historically means a lot and bring it back into a level of prominence when everyone had sort of written it off as dead. So that's those are all the narratives that are at place. Mm-hmm. So those are all good things because ultimately it's not really about me. So I guess the question is, what's the vision? I mean, we are all familiar with what WWE does. How does NWA differentiate itself moving forward? Sure. I think that um, if you can draw a line in the sand, I think Vince McMahon, I think, told the world that wrestling wasn't real around 1989. And it was ultimately because of a tax reason, if anybody mm-hmm. ever wants to study the history, it's sort of interesting. That, because they were getting taxed as a real sport. So McMahon sort of said, well, 
if we just tell them it's it's a exhibition contest or whatever the words he were used at the time, the taxes I think fell from ten percent in New York to four percent. So it was actually a big decision. A lot of people fought the decision because they said you're giving away the business, and actually the business for a t- for a while got bigger. But now we're in kind of a weird era where you have. Let's say you have a professional wrestler whose Twitter account is, he's a bad guy, but it's like littered with him talking about his puppy or something. <laughs> you know, we have this weird place where I think professional <laughs> wrestling has moved very similar into like the world of um, Comic-Con, Wizard World. You can be a professional wrestler, be a great entertainer and have a real life. And ultimately, professional wrestling has to sort of rise up to the levels of the movies where people accept, wow, this person's so good at their job. I really like how good they are at their job. And I also accept that they have a real life and a wife and, and a puppy and something like that. So I think branding, uh, starting from the standpoint that uh, wrestling in the 21st century is really ultimately a television product that drives other businesses, including a live business. And then treating as such as in the digital world is content first and um wrestling second which you know is is a slightly controversial opinion because a lot of people lead wrestling first obviously um i think that's where we're going and i think this allows us to adapt to the changes that are coming as people are cutting the cord leaving traditional broadcast television i think you're going to see a lot of people moving over to the bigger platforms of uh, digital access to wrestling people are keep telling me well there's so much there's more wrestling on uh, digital and television than ever before and i just shrug my shoulders and i say yeah and there's that more music than ever before right as you know quite well um secondarily and this is my last point i was to get off my ramble i think the traditional broadcasters like wgn who said 10 12 years ago that they would have nothing to do with professional wrestling are now re-looking at professional wrestling because it's a stable you know you can count on those 300 500,000, a million people a week showing up at your channel at a mm-hmm. certain time because they want to see what happens, particularly if the events are live. So I think there's also going to be a move to bring wrestling back to traditional television where for years it's been sort of pushed off the air mm-hmm. other than WWE products. Uh, you kind of mentioned it, but do you miss kayfabe? Uh, I think it's sort of an irrelevant argument. I think it's a similar argument to um, do people miss the days of, of Keith and Mick and, and they're in the jet? You know, it's like... I just think the the twenty four seven form of entertainment, whether it's TMZ or people tweeting, or hey, I saw so many, and they put you on Facebook as you're walking down the street. I think the twenty four seven aspect of digital media sort of erases the idea that there is a kind of a professional life and a personal life. And you see now where many people stage their personal life to make it seem like their professional life, but it's as we call in wrestling, it's a work. It's sort of an illusion. Or people accept the fact that most reality t- television is totally constructed there's nothing real about it at all i think people are sort of comfortable with the idea that people can pop in and out of fantasy and as long as they're enjoying the fantasy they're willing to go go along for the ride um so the idea that you could sustain a fantasy in the way that you used to where the good guys and the bad guys wouldn't drive in the same car to go to the next town i think i think that the the chance of that happening is so small right you'd insult the audience's intelligence anyway and i think the audience doesn't want to be insulted in fact that's one of the big turnoffs that they have to wrestling is having their intelligence insulted i get that so then what what's the plan for live events don't have one right now because ultimately you know it's a stair step process you need to uh re uh, connect people with the brand what the brand represents and that's oftentimes the bugaboo companies try to feel like they have to go out and do shows mm-hmm. live and then somebody's putting a picture on the internet saying, "Look, they only drew 127 people here in Alabama." I mean, why would you do? Why would you go counter to what you're trying to build with the brand, which is you want people connected emotionally, the brand. And without the emotional connection vis-a-vis digital media, it doesn't matter if you drew 500 people or 100 people 
or 6,000 people, it's ultimately going to result in the same thing. In essence, the, the, the American culture, and by extension, the international wrestling culture, needs to reconnect with the NWA brand, whether or not we run live wrestling events. How's your life balance between new solo album, touring, and getting NWA where you want it to be? I mean, it seems like not a very restful time for you. It seems like you're very oh, I like working. I'd rather, I prefer to be working. Um, what's the what's the idle hands make for devil's work or something? Um, right, Sherry? You're, you're a Bible person. <laughs> Bible person Sherry Shaw in the back seat on a Sunday. Wait, wait. Let's, let's, does the world know that you were a Christian singer? Yes, I believe we discussed this. Already in the car? Not in last the car. Time, last time yeah. when I was here. In the car? Yeah. Were you in the car because of this? Yes. Okay. It's a weird question. Billy, Billy doesn't like to believe that it was a big deal in, in the gospel market. She won two Dove Awards, I believe. He, I don't is, think I knew that. Is that right? It won. I thought you won two. Sorry. That's okay. But so, that's, hey, any, winning anything is impressive, but a, absolutely. a Dove Award is very impressive. All right. Um, so we're at Zuzu's Tea House. The pickle sandwich is delicious. I, I, Isn't that the one that you like the best? No, no, that's the one that I created. Oh, yeah, created. I was in, close. in times of poverty, I found myself uh, lacking ingredients, and so I created for myself the pickle sandwich which is okay which here at zuzu's is um is a i think it's wankies they're wisconsin pickles best pickle i've ever had um vegan cheese and vegan uh vegan a's all right i'm glad you said this was born of poverty or whatever because when i tried it i thought this is kind of like stoner food like i i don't know what i have in the house i got some pickles i got some bread got well, some i don't know mayonnaise. what it says about me because i'm not a stoner and i created the pickle sandwich but i'm saying it's kind of like a happy accident like okay put now, here's in- the great thing about digital social media right now somebody's really mad because they created the pickle sandwich in like 62 <laughs> no um, we're gonna get a lawsuit corgan steals pickle sandwich concept <laughs> hopefully it'll be somebody from nickelback because then it'll sort of reflame the, the oh, nickelback Lord, no. uh, uh, quotes here's one thing uh, I can, can i ask you a question yes because you know we know each other through music it's very strange to get viral weird clickbait press for praising someone it that's the world we live in. That's a weird thing. I'm used mm-hmm. to getting press like that for saying, ah, oh, so-and-so is not good or whatever. To praise someone and get that kind of press, that sort of shocks me. It shocks me. Here's what I can say especially about Especially not somebody, especially an artist who's had a you know a tremendous amount of success. It's not like I'm picking some obscure you know, right. uh, band from some, you know. Wait, can we back up? You complimented somebody? Who, me? <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the shock. Yeah, I got to, to, for, for context to our twenty-eight viewers. Oh. Um, I got I got clickbait headlines for saying nice things about Nickelback. It's very strange. I you know clickbait headlines be damned. Actually, actually, I, I should be grateful because I I wish I would get more clickbait headlines for saying nice things. That's what I was going to say. Don't let that uh, deter you from saying nice things right, in so the future. You are a true professional, JVO. Okay, do one for me. Let's hope we go get some clickbait out of that. <laughs> Say a nice thing about me. That will right shock Right now, the Illinois Entertainer's tweeting. That's. <laughs> Can you believe he said this? But I, I guess the question is, haven't you learned to tune that stuff out? I mean, by by necessity? no, no. It's more. It's more. A, it's more amusement. It's not. A, it's not. It's not a tune out thing because I don't read it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that sounds strange because I'm talking about it. I I I I had done an interview with um, a major publication and i wanted to see if the interview would come out because sometimes i like to see mm-hmm. sort of what they quote what they take out whatever sure. and in in looking for that that's the first time i'd seen the, the the nickelback clickbait headline so i was sort of surprised by that because obviously it's been whatever five six days since it 
it went down. So that shows you I'm so not in touch with the flow of things. So I, I find it more amusing because it's like, wow, this is sort of very strange. I mean, in the last year or so, I've had the Disney, sad Disney meme, the <laughs> Nickback, and then I've had Shapeshifter clickbait. Um, the best. So I, I, this goes back to what I, I like said. I said I'm a meme now. But this goes back to what I said earlier. You're much more comfortable with, at least outwardly, with your celebrity and just the world in which we live in now. You seem to take it all in stride. The goofiness. Yeah, I, I, I it's, to does. repeat myself, I, I literally feel how I felt in 1987. Mm-hmm. That the, the media, as it's constructed currently, is a false construction. Um, they pick winners and losers based on some sort of weird popularity contest, which I learned, trust me, you know, back in Glendale Heights that I wasn't going to win that contest. So I didn't assume I was going to win it when I was on the world stage. So um, once I once you sort of see that and figure it out and you realize that you're dealing with a false construction, there's nothing to win. There's nothing to accomplish. The only thing that worth, that's worth accomplishing is here's the music, mm-hmm. here's the show. Everything else is really a distraction. And if you try to play that game or game the system or or think you can kind of wink along with it and somehow it's not going to lap up at your feet like a like a, a tidal pool of waste um that was a poetic way of not saying shit um <laughs> I, once you figure that out it gets really easy i mean the world is just as false as it's ever been and 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 i i really think i sort of in a piscean way bought the utopian ideal that the internet was going to bring us together and, of course, now it, with the empirical data that we have, all it's done is drive us further apart. No doubt. But uh, I'd like to go on record because he gets a bad rap about maybe being a little crabby, a little hard to work for, right? Maybe? A I don't know bit. about this. <laughs> but he's he's funny and joyful and fun to be around, and he's never he's nothing like What you're like really saying, saying is that the character I play in television is not the real person, right? Correct. Right. So, obviously, I, just, I chose to play a cranky character on purpose because i thought it was funny and it's still funny it is funny that's it and i should mention howie benno uh legendary producer who's worked with dove award-winning artist sherry shaw uh is one of our massive audience of viewers hi howie see again billy it's small groups of highly interested people it's not millions well based on the empirical data here i've doubled your numbers (laughs) (laughs) because we were about 16 for a while now we're up to 32 now let's be clear it's like 110 on a A sunday afternoon give us a break People yeah, we're out- sitting in the creepy clown car in front of my <laughs> front of my tea house. Well, my goal is to someday graduate from the Mazda three and get like an ice cream truck for this because that wouldn't be creepy at all. Are Can you I- are you referencing something in my past? No, I, oh. I, that's funny. I'm not actually. I think an ice cream truck. You're for, not supposed to bring. Can I tell you a quick funny truck? story that that when um, that when we did the ice cream truck video for today in 1993, whenever it was, um, the record company actually wanted to buy an ice cream truck. To promote the album, yeah, and I think I think we were cool with the idea of the truck because we thought it was kind of funny. But then they wanted us to be in the truck, no. and I believe that's when talks broke down. <laughs> I can see that happening. Uh, and you know, the Smashing Pumpkin songs you played uh, on the solo dates, I gotta say, nice cross section of stuff for the hardcore fans. I mean, there were people losing their minds when you pulled out. Some of the deeper cuts. Really nice cross-section, actually, of your entire career. Solo stuff, Thank so on, you. et cetera. I, 
that was the sort of the intention was to sort of kind of find a balanced way of telling the story of kind of where I've been. Because oftentimes, and I'm I'm not complaining, people tend to wipe away certain periods of my work as as, as irrelevant. And I think the acoustic form sort of breaks down that the songwriting mm-hmm. uh, has been fairly consistent, and that where it gets wacky sometimes is the way that I produce the work. But again, that's that's the, the artist's prerogative. And one thing I noticed uh, when you did the kind of retrospective set, I mean, you're, you're all business on stage. You're going song to song. The fans started feeding into you a little bit, and I saw you crack a smile a couple times, and you just there was a, a warmth in the room when you started. It happens this. sometimes, yeah. It was great. It was super fun. And uh, as I told Sherry earlier, I just recently learned how to spell Athenaeum. So it, it was a night oh. of accomplishments all the way around. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, to, to make a general comment, I think as times have warmed in the last couple of years, I think I'm more open to engaging in, in a wider exploration of, of my music from periods that obviously uh, particular generations consider important. Mm-hmm. To me, it's always been contextual. I've kind of gotten a rap not wanting to play old stuff. It's not that at all. It's just I don't like the context that that's all people are there for. And right. OG Lala in the last couple of years of music has seemed to kind of reopen the door to like there can be this nice balance between past, present, and future. And as long as that balance is there, I'm more than happy to. I mean, I played uh, every night of the tour except when I played 29 songs. Um, and on night three of L.A., I think I did uh, a set where I only played stuff from the 90s. I think I did 14 or 15 90s songs. That was kind of interesting because um, I've never done that before. And But I get it. You don't want to be a nostalgia act. I mean, certainly. Well, the, the nice word that they use in the music business is heritage. Right. You want to be a heritage act. But I think about you know Cheap Trick, for example. They're still putting out new albums, and I would never, I never walk away from a Cheap Trick show thinking, oh, I just saw a heritage band. I mean, they're still making new music they're still injecting that new music into what they do live yeah but i think the difference between uh cheap trick as performers and um and me as a performer is cheap trick is very much a joyful sound it's um Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't you know it's the emotional train is a little bit more narrow which is why we love cheap trick you know it's sort of snotty and brash and up and in your face and and uh you know, when they go soft, it's it's beautiful. It's like, you know, but but they tend to be an up band. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're playing a new Cheap Trick song or an old Cheap Trick song, uh, you know, there's a sort of emotional continuity. It's hard for me to sometimes play like, you know, a bunch of Siamese Dream Deep Cuts, which are associated with a certain sound and feel, and then turn around and play some mournful ballad from a door and then play mm-hmm. a song from an unreleased album from 2004. It's a harder balance for me to achieve. And... Um, I really, I, I really think Spotify is really starting to help because I think it's helping people do deeper dives into catalog and start to realize that the, the music that they like from me and the band uh, and the bands I've been in, that there's a lot more there that they can sort of check into that is, you know, it goes beyond the hits because when you get that kind of hit rap, it's, it's kind of lame because you know the band I, I really feel represented a lot more and for somebody that was around, I, I, I think you saw it. You know, there was a lot of crazy stuff that went on um, that was beyond whether or not we were in an ice cream truck. Uh, all right. Last question. This I'm is sure building. We're up to 36 now. Seven. It takes time. Uh, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've been asked this before. People are tweeting. That's right. Hey, guess what? Billy Corgan's sitting in a car. Um, well, when it was just my interview, we had like 400,000 followers. And then oh, you yeah. got in and they all just scattered. Well, the thing with you is everyone's stuck in church, so they're watching you from church. That's right. They've got the closed circuit coming in. Look, it's the Dove winning award or Dove Award-winning artist Sherry Shaw. He likes to paint me as this goody two-shoes. How would you like to be? Girl. How would you like to be um, seen? You do have a wholesomeness about you, Sherry. Why? Well, wholesome's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what we're saying. All right, so I mean, to me, there's two archetypes at play. There's you, the the upstanding Christian artist. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and then there's mom on the loose. He thinks I'm a little wild, but it's really, I'm not. So you'd rather be mom on the loose? No, I would just rather be. That sounds so pejorative, the mom on the loose. He's, cool. We have a very brother-sister kind of dynamic between us. Is that the time? Or is that, no. a, is that, that a fake hour, time? Uh, it's an hour fast. I need to change my... No, but is it 20 after? It's one, yeah. One okay. 20. I have to depart momentarily. Right, one more question for you. I'm sure you've answered this before. Uh, I listen to Aeronaut and think, that sounds like it could be a Smashing Pumpkins song. What? Well, <laughs> well yeah. Uh, I know, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but when you're writing a song, what what tracks it down the solo artist road or the Smashing Pumpkins it's, road? I, I've said on a few interviews apologize for repeating myself in in different forums you've never said it in the car that's true um i would be happy and i would be fine with calling all my music smashing pumpkins so to me it's the name and the and even people making controversy about what name i'm using uh, william or billy or whatever it's all irrelevant to me it's all the same it's like it's all written from the same heart with the same intention which is just to communicate whatever i'm going through um so to me there really is no difference um I mean, because if you look at a song like, I don't know, Stumbling on Melancholy, that's a solo acoustic song. If you look at Disarm, that's a solo acoustic song with strings. Landslide was solo acoustic. So it's not like I haven't done this along the way with, with the band. I did acoustic work with Zwan. I, I, I just, to me, it's it, the, the names and the labels are irrelevant. And um, if P. Diddy's on his third name change, I'm, I'm okay with uh, Ooh, what can we call you next? Well, we're still letting the William Patrick Corgan sink in. So let's hold off on the next name. Can oh. I pick the next one? Well, Starry is taken. Yeah, that's right. Two S's. Uh, all right. William Patrick Corgan, Billy Corgan, thanks for jumping in the car. I was going to wait till we broke 40, but we're never going to get there. <laughs> Again, it's all after the fact. Sunday. People are at church. You're going to give me brunch. an inferiority complex. Look, look at the audience. Everybody start sharing this week and just... See, we're lo- yeah. now, we're, now we're losing viewers because we're, we're, we're they, they feel us winding down. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they feel the end is near. Uh, thank you for the people who are watching. Hope everyone's having a great Sunday. Come to Zuzu's. <laughs> come, come, come to, to Zuzu's, Zuzu's in Highland Park. Thank you, yeah. uh, The food is delicious. And as we said earlier, you'd never guess this was vegan. It tastes like... Yeah, Ezekiel bread. It's delicious. Vegan, we have this great vegan cheese, which is fermented, which is what gives it its cheese-like thing. Vegan A's. And then, uh, and then these beautiful pickles from Wisconsin. Delicious. And uh, the pumpkin loaf, the uh, pumpkin bread with the chocolate, that was delicious, too. So yeah, yeah. No, we, 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 we take pride in, in what we offer. So I hope anyone who's never been can come visit. We've, it's taken time. We just passed our fifth anniversary, so very, very appreciative. Cool vibe. Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, this I mean is place we're on the North Shore. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot going on <laughs> up here. Right. It's, it's an oasis. Although, although downtown, they're having a walker race today <laughs> perfect I, I got money on one of them all right thank you billy thank you sure okay. in the back seat Cheers, everybody. The angel in the back seat and thank are, you for are watching we, are we are we clicking off now we're, we're yeah. clicking off okay here we go